Welcome to day 241 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with Cindy, uh, David, and Matt as we uh, continue to read through the book of Lamentations, which is a natural uh, addition to or companion to the book of Jeremiah, uh, where Jeremiah sees the judgment of God that comes on the city of Jerusalem and the captives being carried away. Uh, the hope of the Davidic king kind of dissolving in his presence as Zedekiah, you know, is, is led away and severely punished, you know, by Nebuchadnezzar, you know, for his rebellion. The city is laying in ashes and heaps. The temple is, is gone. And so they're experiencing, you know, what God warned them they would experience, a separation from the land, from the temple, and the consequences of the nations bringing about, you know, God's judgment. So Lamentations is... The deep sense of feeling and of abandonment, you know, that uh, the author Jeremiah, you know, feels as he goes in in the middle of this. And it's an expression both of grief before the Lord and hope in the Lord. Uh, So we continue in the middle section. Uh, These are, you know, five poems, Hebrew acrostic. Uh, The middle one is is triple the length of all the others, so it puts it in this nice, prominent place. And, of course, yesterday we did the middle of the middle, uh, which is the theological center of lamentations, that God uh, will not abandon his people forever, that he'll restore them. And it's because of his great love and compassion that that we're not... Uh, completely consumed because his nurse mercies never fail. Uh, they're new every morning. So we pick up uh, at the end of this poem uh, this week in verse or today in verse you know forty three. As always, when we read, we read with a you know a great sense of reverence. We read the Bible relationally. We want to know God, not just satisfy our curiosity or check off a couple of boxes on our list of disciple kind of things that we need to get done in this day. Uh, It's a time when we can withdraw, we can be in the presence of the Lord, and we come expectantly. Uh, We want him to open our eyes that we may see, you know, as David prayed, wonderful things, you know, in his word. Uh, But more than that, that we might see him and be formed by him. Uh, that through His Spirit He will continue His work in us. So let's offer this moment you know, to the Lord. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You that You have not left us guessing who You are, but in Your Word You have shown us who You are, what You require of us, and the great beauty of Your redemption for us in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. We thank You for the Holy Spirit, which takes the things that Christ has done and makes them a deep reality in our lives and continues to transform our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we come here uh, praying, you know, after Paul, you know, not that we'd be conformed to the patterns around us, but we'd be transformed by the renewing of our minds through your word. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. We pick up in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 43. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain without pity. You've covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. You've made us scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us. We have suffered terror and pitfalls, ruin and destruction. Streams of tear flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. What I see brings grief to my soul because of all the women of my city. Those who were my enemies without cause hunted me like a bird. They tried to end my life in a pit and threw stones at me. The waters closed over my head, and I thought I was about to perish. 
I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, do not fear. You, Lord, took up my case. You redeemed my life. Lord, uh, you've seen the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You've seen the depth of their vengeance and all their plots against me. Lord, you have heard their insults, all their plots against me, what my enemies whisper and mutter against me all day long. Look at them. Sitting or standing, they mock me in their songs. Pay them back what they deserve, Lord, for their, for what their hands have done. Put a veil over their hearts and may your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. We're introduced to a, a third kind of a, a element in the Psalms, you know, calling the imprecatory Psalms, of the calling of curses on enemies. And of course, we know that our Lord has told us, you know, to bless our enemies and not to curse them. But again, this is, you know, taking bitterness and bringing it before the Lord, you know, to be resolved in the Lord. And in a way, this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, the writer you know, of this or you know, more unlikely Jeremiah asking the Lord to be the one that takes vengeance, reserving the vengeance, you know, for the Lord as the New Testament, you know, does, you know, instruct us. So uh, we've moved away from. We told you we'd quickly move away from the wonderful warm center, you know, of this, you know, of this of the Book of Lamentations, and the hope that provides back into, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the harshness of the reality of the moment, you know, that uh, the writer is experiencing as he brings it before the Lord. You kind of feel that angst in him of, we feel it too, as we see, you know, tragedies around us of just kind of like how long, Lord, you know, will this continue to go on? And, you know, he talks in verse 49 through 51, just, you know, my eyes flow increasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees, you know, what I see brings grief to my soul. And I think he just captures so well, just that human experience of, of like, you know, the Lord sees it and is sovereign, but you're still like, can you just look? down and, and see what's going on around us because how much longer is this going to go on and and how it even begins to bring you know grief to the soul and, and there's you know there's a shift there's a shift you know from the suffering of the nation uh you know uh, because of god's judgment brought about by her enemies but then there is also the experience you know that uh you know the uh the poet, you know, has, Jeremiah has, and this is where it sounds so much, you know, like Jeremiah, they've thrown me in a pit. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, David uses the, the, the language as, as well, but Jeremiah is literally thrown into the bottom of a well and left in an abandoned. So you're moved from the enemies without that are besieging the city to the enemies within that are besieging, you know, the uh, uh, Jeremiah. And uh, here you have him. Uh, you know, calling out again in hope. This is you know, another hopeful section where he calls out on the Lord, you know, both to preserve him in the middle of what's going on and also for the Lord himself to take vengeance on his enemies, which is the second half. Yeah. You know, and, and what an interesting kind of turn, because in verse 43, it says, you've covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You've slain without pity. You've covered yourself with the clouds so that no prayer can get through. And then yet, that turn takes place where he said, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for, for, for relief. And it's just a reminder to us that at times it does feel like our our prayers don't get through. You know, and we pray and we pray and 
seems like there's a cloud surrounded that doesn't allow me. And yet uh, there's other moments where from the depths of the pit, the Lord hears and he responds. And, and so we see both of those get played out here, you know, as we see the experience of, <laughs> of this man. Now, and, and these are two different situations. One's a very personal situation, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of Jeremiah in the pit, you know, that Lord, I know you hear me and I know you preserve me. And, and the other is the experience of, Israel in the light of God's judgment, yeah. where God is saying, I no longer will hear your prayers. So the prayers of the individual, you know, mm-hmm. there can be individual repentance and individual restoration, but God is judging the nation at this point. And so two of these things are going on simultaneously. Yeah. So even in the midst of these circumstances, you know, that may not have been brought on by, you know, our sin or by, you know, uh, our, our direct actions, we can, in the middle of those, experience the Lord's nearness and the Lord's rescue, mm-hmm. even though the Lord may be doing bigger things around us, in which it seems like, yeah. you know, that he's not hearing the prayer of the moment. That would seem like, that goes with what you said then in verse 58, when he says, you, Lord, took up my case, you redeemed my life. So even in this, this uh, kind of being thrown or lumped into this group, the Lord has seen him individually. He is seen by the Lord, and the Lord is is um, taking up his case and redeeming his life. So, which is a cool little gospel yeah, summary too. Like sure. the Lord took up our case <laughs> exactly. and through Christ redeemed our life. And mm-hmm. Cool little nugget there. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, when you see in Scripture, you know, uh, you know, there's this theme: the righteous sufferer. You know, someone who is caught up in the circumstances, you know, surrounding them and is caught up there and suffers, you know, not because of their sin, but because of the world that they live in. You you see, you know, a a portrait of Christ. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, as uh, Jeremiah expresses his own suffering, insults and piercings Mm -hmm. and all of these things, it reminds us, you know, of Christ. Uh, You know, I have I I love 63. It's just, you know, kind of whether they're sitting or standing. They're singing songs that mock me. <laughs> it's all the time. Yeah. All kinds of songs. When they sit and stand. Which kind of reminds us of Deuteronomy 6, when you, when you rise up, when you sit down, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you walk in the way, you know, to express the great truths of Scripture. Uh, and, of course, the enemies are doing just the opposite of that. It's a reminder, too, you know, in that imprecatory prayer that r- really – Part of it is is not just calling out for God to to revenge or you know avenge, but but calling out for justice as well. And mm-hmm. you know, for us now as the people of God, when you know, Jesus does come and He says, you know, bless those who persecute you, we're able to do that because we believe that justice is will be done. You know, and mm-hmm. and, and for us, the you know the injustice is done. You know, dealt with in Christ Jesus and. I mean, so there's a lot of a gospel movement in these prayers and, and a lot of nuance as well. But, you know, just that calling out for justice, that, that God is a God of justice and he does mm-hmm. act. And and sensing the injustice done around him, you know, it leads into these prayers. No doubt. Cindy, do you mind uh, closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, I don't mind. Father, we just thank you for um, these words. We thank you for the the way they're expressed and how they resonate with our own hearts, Father, when we feel um, the suffering, whether it's something that we have uh, brought on ourselves, Father, or we're just in the midst of suffering. We thank you, Father, that you see us, that you hear us, that you attend to us, you draw near, and we thank you for the grace that you provide um, 
and the mercy. And you did that so beautifully when you gave us Christ. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.